Today's podcast looks at heightened sensitivity and empathy and how we, as people who possess such gifts and choose to create artistically as a means of expressing such, can effectively navigate the world we find ourselves in so as not to become overburdened or exploited. Take a deep breath in through your nose, then breathe out through your mouth, blowing all that negative energy away. And again, take a deep breath in through your nose, then out through your mouth, blowing all that negative energy away, just as if you were blowing out a candle. It's time to begin. This is your space. The space in which we talk about everything relevant to you. Heightened sensitivity to our modern day environment and empathy towards others are character traits so often underestimated and misunderstood. When coexisting together, they manifest as a proclivity to experience the world so intensely they may at times lead to feelings of being overwhelmed by life itself. This can be seen as burdensome by some, but in fact these gifts are essential if life on this planet we call Earth is to continue. As empathetic people, our heightened sensitivity to the energy field of others means the world we live in can greatly affect us. It is difficult for us to filter out other people's emotions and energy or the energy in an environment because of our heightened sensory awareness, which means we feel things before we have time to make sense of what is happening. This can leave us very exposed and at times afford us little defence against the rest of the world. It isn't unusual for us to have heard, you're so oversensitive as a child, or you just need to get a grip. But to be misunderstood at that tender age we believe everyone is feeling what we feel can leave us feeling misunderstood and very isolated at times. And we find it very hard to come to terms with the realisation other people don't care as much or as deeply as we do. Being very sensitive to tone of voice and body language means, as empathetic people, we can hear the words they aren't speaking and quickly sense the truth, which can be disconcerting and it can lead to feelings of mistrust. 
looking back on my life, I always felt this way. When I was a child, I remember saying to myself, why do they make such beautiful films if people don't behave like that in real life? And why, when the lessons to be taken from each film are so obvious and easy to put into practice, why as a human race are we not listening to them? Surely we should be practicing every lesson we learn, should we not? After all, we're taught from a very young age to take our education seriously, and these creative experiences are certainly there to educate us. But from the reactions of those around me, it seemed it was perfectly acceptable to be moved by an artistic representation of tragedy, but then, within a short space of time, go back to the incessant urges and desires so far removed from the truth we had just beheld. It is certainly difficult to come to terms with the realisation most people, although touched by the experience as it is happening, quickly readjust back to real life once they are removed from the experience. It does seem that the real connection with the messages the artist has lost blood, sweat and tears over has been replaced with a consumerist desire for more, without any real understanding or interest of the deeper message. One could argue it's not merely our job as creators to entertain. And why should we care anyway? And yet for such emotional sacrifice, is it not merely human nature to expect something more in return? But in fact, it's not, we must understand, that others who watch our creations or listen give little back. It's that we are asking them or expecting them to give what they simply cannot. We have expectations of others they cannot fulfil. They have limitations we do not, which it could be argued are gifts in themselves. The gifts of freedom from the confusion that we, as artistic creators, face. Our incessant drive to create is as much born from a constant need to make sense of what we experience every day as it is for recognition of what we have to say. But for people like us, a balance must be maintained in order for us to retain some sense of equilibrium and not be overcome by it all. As creative people, we can easily become overburdened with the knowledge we are bound by time and can only achieve what is physically and mentally possible for us as individuals, much to our own frustration. We must be careful not to become beholden to our sensitive state, wherein we only ever see the world through sensitive spectacles, because then we are in danger of losing objectivity. We as empaths are practising the truth every day because that is what our heightened reactions to the world represent. The truth in all its naked entirety. And that is why some prefer to avoid us. Because nobody really wants to face the truth, do they? The truth represents hard work. But as creators... The truth dances in our eyes and we cannot hide it. And this, for many others, watching is simply too much. 
So how may we best create a balance wherein we, as creators, empaths, highly sensitive people, effectively create and yet avoid being overwhelmed by it all? Well, I would suggest the first step would be to stay positive. I know that is easier said than done. But I would rather believe people would be like us if they could. They just don't realise what we see. So the steps we should take in order to protect ourselves might be to quieten our physical life by keeping our environment peaceful. Not mixing lots of sensory inputs at once or having multiple devices on. We can ground ourselves by finding an aspect of nature or the earth that we can relate to. This gives us some time out for the hustle and bustle of everyday life. And we can envisage a bright light energy field as a force field or a protective shield around us. And avoid people who will download onto us without us realising it. We may acknowledge who these people are after it's happened, but once it's happened, we should recognise that. If we feel that something has been taken away from us after a conversation, perhaps they're the people we should avoid. And this is true for family members as well as friends or acquaintances. We must remember we are not responsible for the world's ills and sadness. We can do what we can but we are merely responsible for our own. If what we create benefits others, that's great, but we must try not to let the story of others dictate our story. It is good for us as highly sensitive or empathetic people to stick to low-key settings. Perhaps a coffee shop or quiet cafe would be preferable over a noisy club. Or, if we are going to a noisy place, to restrict the amount of time we spend there. If we move from a high-stimulus environment to a low-stimulus one, it may leave a feeling of hollowness with us. So, perhaps we may consider staggering the transition from one environment to another. We may also wish to avoid dishonesty at all costs by shielding ourselves. But of course it's still important for us to have some communication with the outside world. And we will inevitably come into contact with deceptive, narcissistic and toxic people at some point. Everybody does. So then we exercise due caution so that they don't take advantage of our compassion and willingness to help. As long as we have enough energy to help ourselves before helping others, we should be able to cope. It is also important for us to avoid depictions of violence and horror as they do have the potential to deeply upset us. And when we are constantly absorbing emotional information from other people, we should try to separate what we're feeling from what they're feeling. It's not the same thing. This can make decisions hard for us, but we can avoid decision-making till we've had some space from this situation to think about it. 
Practicing deep breathing is very beneficial for empathetic and highly sensitive people. We can imagine all the emotions from other people bouncing off our shield and this will protect us. And if we use our breath in order to ground ourselves, stay focused and then take just those few seconds to envisage that shield, that protective light shield, this can help us. Grounding can also take the form of counting objects around us and just focusing on our environment, just focusing on something away from us that can give us a sense of perspective. We can always send love from a distance and always show our gratitude. But we do have a choice about the kind of physical contact we participate in. And also we can control how much time we spend listening to any sources that are draining us. And it's perfectly acceptable to opt out and choose to send messages or texts instead. And if we take quiet time every day with no noise, bright lights, phone calls, just attach ourselves for a few minutes, this can really help centre us. For we are the healers, the dreamers and the voyagers. And we offer hope, which is sometimes all there is. We live in the dark places and then we dance in the sun. We hold the hands of our fears and guide them into warmer climes where we can see them more clearly. We exist in the unstable as we continually open new boxes to expose new ideas. Our very existence will threaten some and baffle others and yet we cannot stop. We must keep going. We are driven to create until we become so tired we almost break. And then, after a rest, we create some more. And this, my friends, makes us brave. This makes us fierce and somewhat lonely. But so be it. Be true to yourselves, the stories they say. And as creators, we will be true day after day. This is Stephanie Hudson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider following me for more.